Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL alongside... Team analyst, Clint Lamb. We got a new program for you here on the show. It's true or false for the Alabama Crimson Tide, and we're going to get specific with four items of interest, Clint, and a lot to talk about this week, obviously. A lot of people with a lot to talk about, it seems like, following Alabama's home defeat at the hands of the University of Texas. You got former players chirping in both ways. Uh, You got Nick Saban saying, look, if we don't play well, we deserve to be criticized. Been no shortage of action on social media and just the response in general. Although I guess at the same time, not all that surprising. It's a spot you're not used to seeing Alabama in. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I, I don't think it was that they lost. It was the way they lost. Now, granted, if they even lose, you're going to get some overreaction. You're going to get some some hot takes. People, you know, it it it's felt like, especially I would say. When I first started, I'm sure it was happening before then, but even dating back to like Clemson 2018 uh, National Championship beatdown, you get those people who start suggesting that, you know, maybe it's time for Nick Saban to move on and retire. You know, after one game, you know, they were undefeated. It had kind of rocked everybody. They had played incredible offense. They get beat. Uh, some things don't go their way, and the, the score ends up pretty lopsided, the most lopsided loss of the Nick Saban era. And you immediately have people thinking, okay, it's time for him to move on. So, if you're getting that from that kind of season and that kind of performance, you know, losing double digits at home um, to a team, you know, very talented, but a lot of people going in thought Alabama still had more talent. You know, I, I'm not shocked at the response at all, but it has been, uh, there's been some overreaction. It's been a lot. There's no doubt about it. And look, this is a team, this is a program, six and three in its last nine games going back to last season. I think you got to go back to Nick's first year in 2007 to find a similar kind of run. Uh, But we'll get into some of that as we move through the segment here uh, and we take a look at some of these items of interest. And we'll start true or false, Clint, with this simple question. Or it's probably not all that simple when we get to talking about it. But if a quarterback change is going to be made for this team, this is the week that it will happen. True or false, Clint? And that's that's a tough question because I think there's positives and negatives to both. Po- the positive is if you are thinking that a change is inevitably going to happen, if you're the coaching staff, you know, if you see it trending in that direction, you want this is a good week to go ahead and get Tyler Buckner or Ty Simpson. I would think it would be Buckner, but, you know, it still could be Ty. Uh, go ahead and get them some practice reps with the first team. Go ahead and get them some live game reps because you can practice all you want to. But it really takes those in-game live reps to really understand, you know, what all. I think Jalen Milrow, after spending the entire offseason going, you know, getting a majority of the reps and, and being the first guy with the first team and all this stuff, when it goes live, it's a different beast, uh, especially against a team like Texas. And obviously UCF, or excuse me, USF is not Texas. But, you know, I think they got some some areas where they can cause some issues for Alabama, certainly. 
so that it would be beneficial if you were going to make a switch to go ahead and be getting somebody else live game reps at the same time. Do you announce that move or that potential move now before you got Ole Miss and the start of this SEC schedule and you give other teams time to prepare? Uh, you know, that's that's another question. Um, I think right now, and the true or false was, do they actually make the quarterback switch? Correct? Or is this the week if they do it? If they were going to do it, should this be the week that they do it? Okay. Well, I, I would say I, I think Jalen Milrow is going to be the starter. If that, I, I don't know if that exactly, but I think that you'll see more opportunities for at least one other guy. I would, I would think it would probably just be one other guy. So I'm going to say, mm, I would, mm, then that's tough, Travis. You're right out the I'm gate. Gonna, I'll, I'll jump in. I'm going to go true. If, if, the, if you're, if you're thinking you're going to make a change, if you're of that mindset at this point that it's more of an inevitability, I say true. And I'll tell you why, because you typically would consider this more, I think, going into a bye week, but Alabama doesn't get that until the end of October. And you've got SEC play coming up. This almost feels like a reset week. This feels like, okay, this is a do-over going back to even middle Tennessee. So if you're considering do-overs, not only at quarterback, but maybe some other positions, this would seem to be the week to do it. Yeah, you're going on the road, but it's probably going to be as much of an Alabama crowd at Raymond James Stadium on Saturday as anything else. So I think it's true. If you're going to make a change at quarterback, this is the week you do it because of the timing and how the rest of the schedule sets up. Now, there's a team dynamic to consider in all this too, Clint. You're sending a message if you make the change at quarterback. Okay, we're making changes elsewhere too because, as we know, quarterback hasn't been the only problem. I'm not speaking so much to the secondary because I think you look at that area and you understand there's new faces back there. There's going to be communication issues. There's going to be continuity issues. I'm talking more about the offensive line. Absolutely. If you're going to make a change at quarterback, I think you almost have to make a change up front not to necessarily justify any move you make if you're Nick Saban, but we talk about the eyes of the coaching staff being all on this roster right now after a loss. Well, guess what? The roster's looking at the coaching staff too to see how they respond, right? Absolutely, and that's a great point. And that kind of makes you, you know, I would say with someone like Seth McLaughlin, you know, he's been there for a couple of years. You've seen some really good out of him, and it hadn't just been like a splash performance. You know, you've seen him string together some pretty good performances. Um, so, you know, has he earned more lee leeway? Uh, I will say that this is becoming – the fact that you're now back-to-back -back weeks of having the same issue. And I'll, going back and watching the tape, I don't just think it was – or snaps. I don't think he did a great job blocking. Now, granted, it was a tough interior defensive front that Texas had. I mean, he, he, sometimes you've got to give credit to the person they're going against. It's just a really good player. They're going to be playing on Sundays. You know, Sweat's a big body guy. He's tough to move. Byron Murphy is a, a major problem, a, a big disruptor along that defensive front. But at the same time, I agree that you can't watch not only the poor snaps. It, it's like we talk about things that Jalen Milrow can't do that will get you beat that he's doing Seth McLaughlin, even though Milrow has kind of overcome a lot of that and, 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 you know, kind of masked it a little bit. He's turned some poor snaps into some explosive big plays, some third down conversions, some touchdowns, running it, throwing it, you know, the whole nine yards, but eventually 
those are the kind of things that are going to get you beat. Rolling a snap back there that Milrow's not able to get on, you turn it over, and now you know you end up losing a, a second game, and you have no room for error now. If you lose a second game, your chances of going to the college football playoff are you know it, you're uh, you're in rough shape. Yeah, I mean it's you would need so much to happen that's not going to happen, so you're pretty much done. Uh, so I mean, th- yeah, I agree with you. If they're going to make changes at quarterback. At the very least, you need to entertain making some changes elsewhere. Now, my question would be, is that is that Dalcourt sliding inside? Yeah, that's the thing. Even if you want to make changes from guard to guard, you're probably still going to be in a position of having one of those guys on the field if you make a change at center because Dalcourt, you would think, is next guy up at the center position. So a couple different things you have to consider there. For me, after the Texas game, left guard, center, right guard, all should be under heavy scrutiny in terms of playing time moving forward. So we'll see how that plays out. Our next true or false, Clint Lamb, true or false, we will learn more about this Alabama team this week than we did even last week against an 11th ranked at the time Texas team. Uh, I think that that's certainly a possibility in some ways because I think it's, you know, you you faced a lot of adversity. You saw about as much of a down moment as we've seen an Alabama team face. We've seen some other down moments, don't get me wrong, and pretty close ones too. But just like I said, losing by double digits at home this early in the year, you know, how how does everybody respond? You've got former players making criticisms, you know, challenging the toughness of some of these guys. And so how do they respond? You know, if they go out there against USF and they struggle, they continue to struggle, you don't see things getting fixed. You see dysfunction and things like that. I mean, I think that that would be rather revealing as far as, okay, this team does not face adversity well. They don't respond well. Um, So I think it can be really revealing. At the same time, um, you know, last week was a a huge challenge. And I do think that one thing about playing those kind of games is that you can go through practice. I mean, you got your defensive line going against your offensive line. So if if one of them looks really good and the other one doesn't, how much of that is your offensive line is going to be productive or your defensive line is probably not going to be as good as you think that it is? Like, you need to face other opponents to figure some of these things out. So playing a, a quality team pretty much across the board, there's nowhere where you look at Texas and say they're that they were weak here. You know, offensively, defensively, they have serviceable secondary Second level defensive line, offensive line, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, everything. Uh, they are serviceable to good, to really good, to elite at pretty much all these different spots. So you were able to expose a lot of where you need to work on. Uh, you would like to see improvement in that. And so I would probably go ahead and say true that there are in some ways you are going to be able to learn more about Alabama and, you know, used to. And I'm, I've mentioned this already. When Alabama lost a game, you needed to pity the next opponent because they were going to completely, it, it was going to be a beatdown. And, you know, Alabama would look sharp. They would look pissed off. Tyler Booker's talking about how pissed off they are right now. Does that reflect or show on Saturday? And if it does, I think you can start feeling cursed. There's only so much that you can take away from this game, in my opinion, but you, you at least need to see some of these little things being worked on and uh, better execution. Uh, better play calling, you know, a better flow of, of the usage of personnel. And then also just, you know, guys, a lot less talk and a lot more do. Yeah, it, talking season's over, right? It's show me season at this point. And 
when I look at this Alabama team right now, I'm more concerned about the wiring as much as anything else, because sort of to your point, Texas did to Alabama what Alabama has typically done to others. So what will be interesting to see is, is there an Alabama after effect on Alabama this week? Good point. It kind of got treated the way it's treated people for so long under Nick Saban. And how many times have we seen it with Alabama opponents? It's not just the Alabama game that was a problem. The next week, you saw it linger into that opponent as well. Look, I agree. This shouldn't be much of a problem for Alabama from an opponent standpoint with South Florida. This is a team that just snapped an 11-game losing streak going back to last season, and it really needed all four quarters last week against an FCS opponent to do that. So this week is entirely about Alabama and in the areas that you have your biggest questions right now, just not in terms of intangibles, but also in the way of quarterback and other areas of this football team, there's a lot to figure out before you jump in against Ole Miss and you go to Starkville and then you see Texas A&M on the road, down the road a little bit. So I'm going to go true on that one too. I think we're going to learn more about Alabama and what could be some difficult conditions 2.30 kickoff in Tampa, Florida uh, on September the 16th. Who knows what you could get? You could get uh, awful humid heat, those type of things. You could also get thunderstorms. You you could have your routine totally disrupted uh, just with conditions down there. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm going true there too as well. Here's another one for you, Clint, true or false. This is more of a way too early, true or false, when you consider what we're still talking about over the next month and a half. But at this point, I'm going to give you this one. For the first time since 2007, Alabama will enter the month of November with two losses. Got to go back to Nick's first team again, another one of those, to find the last time that happened. Where do you sit on that one right now, understanding there's still a long way to go? Um, Man, uh, so you've got LSU in November. That's that's a positive. Uh, you can have Tennessee in October, though. So Tennessee's struggling, too, though. I mean, I understand they're 2-0, and but this is not uh, – Joe Milton's got some things he's got to figure out, too. Alabama's not the only SEC program right now with quarterback problems, or, or they're trying to figure some things out at quarterback. In fact, who is really just – this is a, a, an SEC team that's completely set. Even, like, you know, Jaden Daniels and, and – a lot of these other teams, I mean, I would say, what, Jackson Dart's probably the best quarterback in the SEC I'm right now. I'm a big Jackson as- Dart guy at this point. because He's grown. I, 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 and if for nothing else, that dude is tough. He, is he has shown me that when it gets hard, he's good with it. And I think that's the question we have with some of these situations still around the league. Absolutely. And so, you know, um, I, I'm going to say – false i don't think that they i I would assume because you've got a team that's backed against the wall like you can't afford this is something that alabama's always kind of had is that they're entering november especially or at least getting deep in october and they're in a situation where even if they drop a game they still could be in position for an sec championship still in position for a college football playoff if they drop another game now you have put your destiny in the hands of someone else and you've got to have a lot that goes wrong for other teams for you to get in. I would think that this loss to Texas would rally the troops and, you know, we'll kind of have to wait and see how it goes. I understand now more so anybody that was predicting a three loss team 
Um, you, you feel I thought that was absurd at the time. You know, I thought 10 and 2 was kind of the floor. I thought 11 and 1 was a lot more reasonable. I'm not as confident in that now as I was a couple of weeks ago. I'll tell you that. But I will say I still think that, you know, you got LSU, um, you know, Auburn in Auburn against Hugh Freeze. You never know what can happen with that. So as far as getting to, you know, a second loss, you can get into November and still drop one. But I would say they go into November uh, with just one loss. Well, I, I that would be false, I believe. False. Yeah, that that was the question that would this team, in your opinion, ultimately head into November with two losses? I got to go false right now, not so much because of really much that I've seen from Alabama, but as you sort of touched on, Tennessee isn't blowing what little hair I have left back. Um, <laughs> and Texas A&M, that performance at Miami last week, you know that that could still be a very tough trip for Alabama. Uh, coming up in a few weeks and in taking on A&M on the road. I, I, I'm not ready to go ahead and mark that entirely as a W for Alabama. But again, kind of the deficiencies that we've seen with Tennessee, and uh, that's a big game coming up for the Vols Saturday night at Florida. I think a telling game for Tennessee. Uh, and also having Ole Miss at home. You know, if Ole Miss a week from Saturday was in Oxford, I would be much more concerned about that game than I am because – we tend to forget Alabama was in survival mode in Oxford with Bryce Young last year, and it took some of Bryce's best stuff to get Alabama out of there with a W. So uh, being at home helps a lot. Uh, it is way too early, but I will go with false on that one as well. As we wrap up our true and false segment with Clint Lamb here on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com, also the Bama Online podcast, Clint, this time around, the dynasty is dead talk. Does it have more substance than it did, say, in 2015, which I think a lot of parallels are being drawn between that Alabama team and that early loss to Ole Miss and Tuscaloosa, the early loss to Texas and Tuscaloosa this time around, um, quarterback situation with both those teams at, at the early stages of the season. What do you think? True or false? More substance this time to that than there was, say, in 2015? Uh, as unfortunate as it is, I'm going to say true. And, and the reason is, is that I think when you look at, and I've talked about this already, but I'll reiterate it here, all these principles that you used to be able to apply to Alabama football, like I said, I already touched on one where it's, you know, I, I pity the next opponent after an Alabama loss. That hadn't always been the case, you know. Uh, Ole Miss didn't catch a beating last year. Um, you know, the, when you look at uh, Texas A&M last year, there were so many signs. that There was a talent gap. I wouldn't say talent necessarily, but just the, the play. Texas A&M ended up having a very poor year. Uh, Alabama was a big favorite in that game. Nick Saban had, you know, Jimbo Fisher had gone after Nick Saban. That's just not something you do. Uh, they had beaten Alabama the year before, and College Station fans rushed the field. It was just this huge combination of, these are the kind of things next time you step on the field with Alabama, you're catching a beat down. Uh, and not only did it go to the wire, which, you know, quarterback play could have, you know, factored into that. You didn't have your star quarterback who the entire offense was built, built around. I know that that plays a part. Jalen Milrow had three turnovers. That's certainly, you know, who knows what would have happened if, if that didn't, you know, take place. But it's like you didn't see the beat down happen. You know, you, you go into this game and, and it's like a lot of people are picking Texas. And a lot of people are questioning Alabama, and that, that's typically the time that you would see Alabama make a statement and come out and just hit somebody in the mouth. And, you know, that's kind of where I was going. The old Alabama, 
would have used this as a launching point to let everybody know we're still Alabama. And, and you didn't see that. You saw penalties, you know, continued issues with penalties. You saw uncharacteristic mistakes. You saw the offense and the defense couldn't get on the same page. Uh, you saw, you know, the, the I feel like the coaching staff even a little bit got a little bit flustered uh, throughout the game. It just it, it it feels different than it's ever felt before the way that they lost. Uh, and it's not just this one loss. It's like you keep expecting them to bounce back and they continue to have the same sort of issues. It's close games constantly, you know, fighting. And that's going to happen, you know, NIL transfer portal. You know, it, it's it's certainly even things out a little bit. So you're going to see that regardless. I mean, Georgia plays in some close games against some teams that they probably shouldn't. Anybody's going to. But it just feels like that there's been times where you've exited games in recent years and you felt like Alabama got out coached. That's not something that we've often said. So I would say I'm not saying that it's time to hit the panic button by any means, but I think there's certainly more substance to it now than there ever was before. But that doesn't mean that it, you know, it's it's definitely happening. Yeah, it's a loaded question for sure, because in hindsight, we had the benefit of knowing that the 2015 team responded by going on and winning a national championship. Uh, but I'm going to say, even though there are a lot of parallels between the two teams, because at that point in 2015, Alabama had gone 2013, 2014 without national championships. We've seen Alabama the last two years go a couple of years uh, without national championships. But the thing about that 2015 team was that you knew it had a dog in number two in the backfield uh, that could get the job done. And defensively, you had some really good players that you were a little more certain about, I think, with that team than you were even, say, this one. More question marks, I guess, is what uh, the argument would be. So I'm going to go true. Um, but I also think even more so than that 2015 team, if you're big on quarterback play. In 2015, at that point, you couldn't see Tuatanga Vailoa coming in or Bryce Young coming in down the road to kind of push that thing along. And certainly what Jalen did, uh, Jalen Hurts was very, very important. Mac Jones. But if you're big on quarterback play, the only reason why I would consider false to this one is that help is on the way. And I think help is already in the program potentially with Dylan Lonergan. So if quarterbacks where you start and a lot of people do Dylan Lonergan, Julian saying coming on board, Clint, uh, that's your, that's your light at the end of the tunnel right now. And also understanding Alabama positionally is going to recruit at a very high level. Yeah. That, and that's a great point. And, you know, I do hope that fans don't put too much pressure on Julian saying to come in and be the savior right from day one. I mean, even Bryce young now, granted, Mac Jones, um, you know, he had gotten enough playing time. He had shown growth. You know, he was battling. The, the team loved him. So there was some, you know, I don't know what's going on with with someone like Dylan Lonergan or if it ends up being Jalen Milrow or Tyler Buckner or Ty Simpson or whoever next year. I don't think that the assumption should be, hey, let's let's hand the reins by the, you know, the first anything that we've learned with Nick Saban in Alabama, you have to earn it. Even some of these like transfer portal guys who are literally brought in to start or to have a big role. They're brought in in those first, you know, that first week or two. Uh, if you arrive in the summer, Tyler Steen last year, Jalen Key wasn't running with the first team defense early in fall camp. They have to earn their spot. And so to assume that, uh, you know, there's going to be this freshman quarterback who is very talented for sure. But I also think it was very beneficial for Bryce Young to sit for a year. You know, if, if you have to play him, you know, that's part of it. But, you know, Dylan Lonergan, a lot of people feel like he might be the most talented quarterback or complete quarterback. What Alabama is looking for at the position on this roster and so some fans will say, why aren't you playing him? 
well, I, th- I don't think they want to ruin him. I mean, you know, if you get him out there and you create some bad habits, he's under duress, he makes some mistakes, his confidence gets affected. Uh, you can the quarterback is the number one p- position where you can ruin a guy's uh, you know progress or development by playing him too early or putting him in bad situations. Do you really want a true freshman sitting behind that offensive line with the way it's pass protecting right now? Probably not. So, you know, it's I just hope that fans don't automatically say Julian Sands going to be the guy. I feel like that's unfair, even though I certainly think from day one he's going to be in that conversation. Depends on how quickly he picks things up. And, you know, but there's some other options, too. If he sat for a year behind Dylan Lonergan or even a couple of years, not saying that would happen necessarily. But uh, if that happens, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world because I think Alabama feels really good about what he could potentially be. But quarterback is where it starts. And I will say, as much as we talk about all these other flaws, you know, you had Bryce Young last year, a very special player, the number one overall pick. How many of those has Alabama had? Not many. Uh, And so, but he masked a lot of problems um, and, and he overcame a lot. The quarterbacks that are currently in the room, you don't feel as confident in that group. So if you can get the right quarterback in there, you can build the rest of it around them at least enough to be in contention or in the conversation. Uh, we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out. But yeah, that's that's if you're a Bama fan, the, the way that they're continuing to recruit and the fact that you have some talent in the pipeline at quarterback that you feel pretty good about, I would say that's the number one reason to continue to be optimistic. Yeah, it feels like a bridge year in some ways to the guy. But who knows? Maybe one of these three from Jalen to Buckner to Ty Simpson take this thing in the next couple of weeks because I think it's got to happen. It's going to go down one way or the other. Uh, it's going to stay status quo or it's going to change dramatically in these next two or three weeks at the latest. Uh, and then you see how you ride from there. But absolutely, Lonergan, uh, you know, Holstein, uh, and then also Sayin coming in too. Uh, some reason for optimism. Absolutely. Clint, this one was a lot of fun. I like to think of these things as efficient, informative, and fun. What do you think? Did we did we check the boxes you think today? I, I'm exiting this uh, video recording, whatever you want to call it, feeling more informed myself. <laughs> you know, I feel like I have a better idea of where this team stands, which is why I love having these conversations, by the way. Uh, yeah, I feel usually, like usually I worry about the person on the other side, their head hitting the keyboard by the time I'm done talking. <laughs> so uh, as long as you're able to remain conscious during my bluster, it's uh, it's greatly appreciated. Seriously, uh, good stuff. Uh, really enjoy you and, and Jimmy and, and and your talks here on the YouTube home for Bama online as well. And we got so much more video content coming. So subscribe to the video home, the YouTube home. BamaOnline.com on YouTube. It's at BOL on YouTube. That's where you're going to find us. Subscribe, turn on those notifications. You'll be alerted to all of the content we have coming your way. And of course, right there with us at BamaOnline.com. Come hang out with us on the roundtable or premium message board. That's where you're going to find out everything you want to know or need to know or both first on the roundtable. Premium message board at BamaOnline.com. Thanks a lot, Clint. Absolutely, Travis. Good talking to you, brother. For Clint Lamb, Travis Ryer, thanking you for tuning in right here for True or False on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. The show will also upload to the Bama Online podcast, so anywhere you consume pods, you're going to find this show as well. Clint, Travis, wishing you a great weekend, and until next time, so long, everybody.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.